Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Are you wondering if you should be supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids, or perhaps you're wondering if you're getting enough in your diet, uh, particularly if you're vegetarian or vegan? Well, today we're going to talk about the incredible health benefits of omega-3 fatty acids in your diet or through supplementation, and that might motivate you to make some changes starting today. Hi, and welcome to the Wild Wisdom Show. I'm Dr. Patricia Mills, a medical doctor with a different spin on women's health. I'm a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation, practicing functional medicine, also known as root cause medicine. And I love taking complicated science and breaking it down into easy to understand information that you can start actioning right away for immediate results. So we are going to be covering today the incredible benefits of omega-3 fatty acids for better hair, brain, heart health, and more. When I was diving into this research, I was just amazed at what I found uh, supporting the, you know, some evidence supporting the need for us to pay attention to this crucial nutrient. And what you need to know about this is that omega-3 fatty acids are a kind of fat, a super healthy fat that the body uses to build the cell membranes of all of your body tissues. So if I were to take, you know, the cells that make up your skin or your brain or your bone or your heart or your liver, the skin of those cell of those cells, the membrane of the cell is made up of fat and protein, but predominantly fat. And one of the major kinds of fat that makes up that membrane is omega-3 fatty acids. And this is actually super crucial because research has shown that most of us in North America, this was a study in US adults, however, probably replicable in you know places like Canada or perhaps other countries eating a standard American-like diet, is that we are not getting enough intake of omega-3 fatty acids. And we're going to talk about the difference between whether you're getting it from fish or from plants, for example, if you are a vegetarian or vegan. And if you're joining me live today, please put in your name and where you're joining in from. Feel free to ask your questions. It's a benefit of joining live. So I, I look forward to hearing from you. So what is interesting about omega-3 uh, fatty acids is that they are an essential fatty acid, which means that you need to get it from your diet. Your body cannot make this kind of fat. There are non-essential nutrients that your body can make from different building blocks. And then there are essential nutrients that you need to get from your diet. And if you don't get it from your diet, you don't have enough, period. <laughs> it's that simple. And what's fascinating is that the different kinds of fats that you take in through your diet will affect how much, uh, like the composition of that cell membrane. And when we talk about cellular health, 
we are talking about health in every single um, organ in the body. And when you have enough omega-3, specifically omega-3 fatty acids available to be put into your cell membrane as a building block to make your cell membrane, the effects of that is that it dampens inflammation. Something about the structure of that omega-3 results in less inflammation. And not only that, whatever inflammation does occur gets dampened. So if you're not familiar with the concept of inflammation, there's healthy inflammation, which is what happens when you have like a cut to the skin, let's say. Um, so if you cut your skin, the uh, one of the responses is some inflammation in and around the injured tissue to promote healing. However, there is what's called unhealthy inflammation. So the healthy inflammation promotes the healing and then it resolves, it goes away. And the unhealthy inflammation is the kind of inflammation that is that is being triggered by damage to usually inside parts of the body, like damage to the level of the gut or the level of the liver, you know, and it can be coming as a result of foods or drinks we're ingesting, toxins we're ingesting, those sorts of things. And that means that there's a continuous low-level damage that's occurring. And so because it's occurring day in and day out as a result of our, our habits and our environment, you get the, what's called chronic inflammation, inflammation that doesn't go away. And unfortunately, you, you, you can't see it because it's happening inside. Um, so it's less obvious than the cut in the skin. And the effects are felt throughout the body as well, because once you trigger inflammation in the body, in that day in and day out pattern, it can start to create um, a state in your body of being easily triggered into inflammation. And you can start to notice um, effects of that internal chronic inflammation in other body parts. Like you might start to notice that your skin gets swollen, you retain water, so you get puffy and bloated. You might get some reddening of the skin around your nose or your cheeks. It could be rosacea, it could be eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, acne. It can show up as pain in the joints, so osteoarthritis or even a more severe rheumatoid arthritis can be pain in the tissues like stiffness when you wake up in the morning and aching muscles, difficulty with recovery all the way through to fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. And it can affect the brain. You can get brain inflammation and that can make you irritable. It can actually cause depression, anxiousness, um, certain types of schizophrenia, um, dementia, Alzheimer's disease are all linked to inflammation happening at the level of the brain. And then there's the more complex neurological conditions linked to inflammation like multiple sclerosis. There's inflammatory bowel disease. There's different types of thyroid dis disorders like Hashimoto's. So it's really obviously important to pay attention to this. And one of the long-term outcomes of chronic inflammation also happens to be heart attacks, strokes, and cancer. So let's really pay attention to this topic because whatever you can do to decrease inflammation using food as medicine and in some case supplements will make a huge impact for your long-term health. And we're going to go through this. So when you're looking at, uh, so knowing that this is an essential fatty acid, an essential kind of fat, 
not the kind of fat that causes your cholesterol to go up or the kind of fat where you go into your doctor and the doctor does blood work and the blood work shows, you know, oh no, your cholesterol is going up, your triglycerides are going up, your LDL is going up, your good cholesterol HDL is going down. Omega-3s are not the kind of fat that cause that to happen in the body. In fact, we're going to cover this. Omega-3 fatty acids are the kinds of fat that cause the bad fat to go down. So when you increase your intake of omega-3 fatty acids, your bad fats like triglycerides, which are bad in too high amounts, uh, the levels of your triglycerides go down. So what you're looking for is what are the sources of this healthy fat? And the last episode that I did on Wild Wisdom, I went deep into the healthy fats and oils you want to eat. And this is the kind, um, you know, this is like a subsequent episode going deeper into the category of omega-3 fatty acids as a healthy fat. So you can break down uh, omega-3s into different kinds. And uh, it's interesting because you can think of it as, as a column with the top being the starting point. Um, if you're eating, if you're vegetarian or vegan and you're eating primarily plants and you're not eating fish, for example, um, your primary source of omega-3s will be from plants and plants contain what's called alpha-linolenic acid or ALA. And ALA can be converted into DHA and EPA, but in very small amounts, and we'll go over that. So ALA is the plant source of one of the kinds of omega-3. So if you think of omega-3 as like you know, a, um, a family, the members of the family are ALA, uh, which is primarily from plants, and then there's DHA and EPA. And these two are primarily from fish, and you can also get them from algae. Fish eat algae, and they get their DHA and EPA from algae. They concentrate the EPA and DHA inside of their tissues. So you don't need, a, need to eat as much fish to get the same amount of EPA and DHA as you would need to consume um, algae oil, for, for example. And these are what are called fatty fish. So your salmon, your mackerels, your anchovies, your sardines, and your herrings all have high amounts of these very, very healthy DHA and EPA. And it's important to understand that the most biologically active forms of the members of the family, the ones that are most powerful in the human body, so in plants, ALA is the most necessary one, but in the human body, DHA and EPA appears to be the most necessary one. And for example, DHA is uh, the primary omega-3 in the brain. There's not very much EPA in the brain, but there is EPA um, in higher amounts in other body tissues outside of the brain and the nervous system like the spinal cord. And if you were to only consume plants, and let's say you took, let's say, 100 um, molecules of ALA and you ate that, about 2 to 5% of that would turn into DHA. And about 5 to 10% of that turns into EPA. So you can see that in order to get the same amount of DHA and EPA from fish, where it's all EPA and DHA, you would have to eat a pretty massive, um, you know, intentional amount of certain kinds of plants that have high amounts of ALA. And what we know 
to be true now based on research, which is pretty fascinating, is that an increased intake of DHA and EPA or enough ALA converting into DHA and EPA, in other words, causes increased amounts of these in the cell membrane because for a while, um, you know, scientists weren't sure like we knew at a, at that at the cellular level, if I took your cells and I examined them, they would be better in structure and function if they had higher amounts of DHA and EPA. But what the scientists didn't know until recently is whether or not eating more of these would result in more of the DHA and EPA to be present in the body, incorporated into the body, into the cell membrane. And what we know is that yes, that does happen. It's dose dependent. In other words, the more you eat, the more you get incorporated into your cell membranes. If you don't eat enough of it, the body will start using other kinds of fats like the omega-6 family, which is definitely important for health. But if you have too much omega-6, that promotes more inflammation. So then you get into a state where it's easier to become inflamed, you're more likely to have chronic inflammation from damage inside the body versus if you have higher omega-3, you're less likely to have that chronic inflammation. It's like you're turning the volume of inflammation, the volume down when you have more omega-3s and you turn the volume of inflammation up when you have more omega-6s. And we'll get into that. And what we also know is that what we weren't sure is that, you know, is having higher omega-3 versus uh, omega-3 in the cell membrane, does that equate to less inflammation? And again, now we know th from research that the answer is yes. So the more EPA and DHA you take in, the more gets into your body, the more gets incorporated into your cell membrane, and the more anti-inflammatory effects you have both locally at the level of the cell and also throughout the body because there's... Um, Parts of your uh, body that are irresponsible for creating inflammation, like the immune system, the immune cells. And when those immune cells have enough omega-3, they have the right amount of omega-3 compared to omega-6, for example, um, they tend to not react as strongly uh, to inflammation. So they react enough, but not too much. Whereas if they have more omega-6, like too much omega-6 compared to omega-3, they will react with higher levels of inflammation. So we now know this to be true. And it is such important information to know because, um, you know, up until recently, there were, you know, doctors, and there still probably are, unfortunately, that would not really see the value of, um, you know, for example, supplementation with omega-3s for um inflammatory conditions and what we know now is that there's evidence for that for sure and that the there's even physiological evidence even if you don't have inflammatory conditions that this would help you to be in a low inflammation state so we can divide the benefits of omega-3s into general health benefits and um you know health benefits for if you have a medical condition or diagnosis so here are the general health benefits. So if let's so if you don't have a medical diagnosis or if you do, if you're getting enough EPA and DHA through your diet or you're supplementing with enough, this is what you can expect to experience. So you're going to have lower whole body inflammation, you're going to have better hair, you're going to improve your prevention of heart attacks, 
improve your prevention of cognitive decline. So brain, like, you know, minimizing the loss of brain function, decreasing your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, and preserving or increasing your muscle mass, which is kind of fascinating. We're going to get into that because that's important. So let's talk about the better hair situation because I found that to be interesting. A lot of us are interested in having beautiful hair, you know, not losing too much hair. Hair loss is something that a lot of women and men suffer from in their later years. And what you would be interested to know is that six months of supplementing with DHA and EPA in this study showed that uh, there was a stimulation that the DHA in particular stimulated hair growth, increased the density of hair, and increased the length of hair. So they actually took humans, supplemented them with EPA, DHA supplements, or fish oil, and they took pictures of the hair, they analyzed it, they did you know close analysis of there's different phases of hair growth, like telogen phase and all these different things. And what they what they learned is that when you supplement with EPA and DHA or fish oil, you actually stimulate hair growth. There's more hair growing versus empty follicles or follicles with what's called very like, you know, like light hair growth. You want the actual hair growth. Um, and there was more density. Everything about hair growth got better. And the length of hair got better, which indicates that the strength of the hair that is growing is better. So that was really great to know. So if you're someone who's interested in improving the health of your hair, you could think about supplementing with DHA, EPA, or fish oil. And we'll get into how you would do that as a vegetarian. Um, and then if you're interested in heart health, which uh, if this is not on your radar, it should be, uh, the number one cause of death in women over the age of 50 is cardiovascular disease. So um, anything we can do to help prevent heart attacks uh, and death and lower the bad kinds of fats like triglycerides, which are risk factor for cardiovascular disease would be very good. And there's a lot of research on this. Actually, there was a study published in 2020, so fairly recently, and it was a systematic review of many, many studies. And what they found was that it does actually prevent, uh, if you've never had a heart attack, it will being uh, having enough omega three through supplementation. So this was primarily the effects of supplementation of uh, of the omega three. So taking it in a pill or in an oil more so than um, through your diet. What they found was that it did re decrease your risk of having a heart attack, and it decreased your risk from dying of that heart attack. They did not see significant benefits for preventing stroke. So that, that's interesting. Um, and these were in relatively, you know, one would say short-term studies. For example, I think that longest study is around three years, if I'm not mistaken. And there's some discussion around the fact that um, some of these benefits of preventing heart attack and strokes would be from having a lifelong um, good diet exposing you to enough omega-3s. And if you haven't had enough omega-3s and then you're put on omega-3 supplementation, there are some benefits even with that, but we wonder, would it be even more beneficial to be on it for longer than three years, like for your whole life? Having enough omega-3s for your whole life would probably result in even more benefit beyond what was seen in these studies. So next, we're going to go on to brain health. And what's fascinating about this is that, remember, 
Um, EPA and DHA are some of the fundamental building blocks of every organ in the body and DHA in particular in the brain. And what they found is in summary, the benefits is that you have to either have been on it lifelong, like a lifelong diet that supports having enough omega-3s in your diet, particular DHA, or if you're going to supplement, let's say you haven't had enough in your life and now you're supplementing, um, it's best if it started early. So if you start noticing problems with your brain function, um, or if you've been diagnosed with early dementia or early Alzheimer's, this is when you start to get the best function. <coughs> Excuse me, just having a little sip of water here. Okay. So <clears throat> what is really fascinating is that the brain is around 60% fat. And DHA is, if you take all of the fatty acids making up the brain, all the different kinds of fats, DHA makes up 25%. So it's a major contributor to the makeup of the brain. And the brain DHA levels decrease with age. That's what research shows. And particularly, they are very low in people with Alzheimer's disease when it's been researched. And research has shown that uh, when they look at people with and without dementia, with and without Alzheimer's disease, um, when they look at omega-3 intake and omega-3 status, one way to measure omega-3 status is they take your blood and they look at the red blood cell and then they analyze the amount of omega-3 in the red blood cell. That's one of the ways that they measure your status of omega-3. And so having the low status demonstrated an increased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And one very fascinating study, which was, it's a large study, it's very famous, it's the Framingham study. And the Framingham study took, um, you know, they're on their third generation now. They, it was like, you know, an area called Framingham where they took around 5,000 participants the first time, again, 5,000 participants from that cohort's children, and now they're looking at the initial cohort's children's children, the grandchildren. So, you know, around 5,000 people plus then 5,000 people and then around 5,000 more, give or take. And they're analyzing them very closely, doing tons of blood work and investigation. So this is a really fascinating study that continues to this day. And what they're finding is that when they look again into the blood and they look at the amount of DHA, um, the higher levels of DHA was associated with a 47% reduction in the risk of developing dementia. I mean, if you could take a pill that was going to decrease your risk of dementia by 50%, I like, wouldn't you take it? Um, that's just amazing to me. It really fascinated me. And it was reduced, it was associated with a 39% reduction in the risk of Alzheimer's disease. Like, fascinating. Alzheimer's disease is three times more common in women. And it is a heartbreaking diagnosis for everyone involved, right? It changes your personality. You forget who you are, you know, and it's very difficult to be around people who knew you from before, like your family and friends, because you become pretty much like a different person. Um, and you're confused because you don't know where you are. And it's very heartbreaking. So you know, if we can, whatever we can do to reduce that risk, and I mean, a 39% reduction, 40% reduction, that is insane. There is no drug on the market that will reduce your risk of Alzheimer's this much, period. No drug, right? So worth paying attention to. Um, and 
what's fascinating is that that was an, that those are what are called observational studies, right? So you take a big group of people and you observe them over time. And then the question is, well, if we purposefully supplement, you know, what, what will, what will we will see? What will we see if we take one group, we take a big group of people, divide them randomly into two groups, supplement one group and not the other, will we see a difference? Right. And what they found is they took a group of healthy older people. So they didn't have dementia or Alzheimer's yet. You know, who knows if they were going to get it, but they did supplementation and then they did um, MRIs to look at the brain structure. And they also did tests to look at their ability to think and um, what's called executive function. So your ability to focus, pay attention, multitask, remember things, plan things, right? A big part of who you are and what you do. And what they found was that supplementation had a beneficial effect on brain structure. They physically, they visually saw the changes in many different areas of the brain, white matter, gray matter, for those who who care about that, and brain executive functioning improved as well. So, And that was a very short supplementation study. So imagine if you were to do it for longer. And then when you look at studies where they're supplementing in people who already have Alzheimer's, already have dementia, already have cognitive impairment, what they found was that it depended on a few different factors. First of all, it depended on whether they were depleted in that nutrient. So if they were depleted, they got better benefits from supplementing. But the key thing was that once the dementia or Alzheimer's or cognitive impairment was severe, it was too late. It's like the horse is out of the barn. You know, it was not, you couldn't um, <clears throat> save it with just, just with the omega-3 supplementation. Now, if you were to combine it with many other things, if you're someone who's into Alzheimer's um, disease prevention or treatment, um, Dr. Dale Bredesen, he's doing these incredible research studies that involve at least 23 different therapeutic modalities hitting the root causes of Alzheimer's from many different angles, right? Like one root cause could be not enough building blocks for the brain. And then there's other root causes like, uh, you know, estrogen being too low, uh, high mold, high toxins, um, too, you know, insulin resistance, all these things. So if you maybe if you hit them all together, but Omega-3 supplementation on its own is not enough once you hit a certain degree of cognitive impairment. Uh, however, on its own appears to be, um, you know, a, a determinant um, for preventing the condition from developing. So, you know, that's very fascinating. So early intake of DHA and EPA is key. Now, muscle mass is fascinating to me because this has been gaining a lot of attention. And as a specialist in physical medicine rehabilitation, I witnessed firsthand how um, as people age, whether or not they have enough muscle mass, um, will it affect their frailty, like how frail they are as they age? And if you age and lose muscle mass, so once we hit our 40s, we start to lose muscle mass like around five to 10% every decade if we don't do something about it, like um, lift weights, right, to build, that's a, that's a strong stimulus for building muscle, plus having enough of the right kind and amount of protein. And what I didn't know was that omega-3 fatty acid supplementation can also help maintain and increase muscle mass because, and this is something that I just came across as a result of researching this topic, is that some of our muscle mass loss as we age is from inflammation. So as we age, we become a little bit inflamed, the aging process. So things that we can do to decrease that inflammation decreases the anti 
the aging is like anti-aging. And when we decrease inflammation, we also decrease muscle loss, which is fascinating to me. And maybe, and research even shows increases muscle mass. So what they found was that when they looked at people uh, and they graded older adults in terms of their physical performance, um, lower plasma DHA and EPA levels were more common in people with lower uh, physical performance. And this is important because um, one of the things that women and, and men, but particularly women, don't realize is that as we age, one of our risk factors for disease and death is getting frail and falling and breaking a bone, like breaking a hip. Once you break your hip, there's about a 50% you'll die within the next one to two years because you will go into hospital, you will lose more muscle mass, you become more frail, right? And then you get out of hospital, you're more at risk of, of you know, falling again. And, and there's all of these consequences from um, being frail, falling, fracture, uh, and, and becoming more frail. And what they found was that they took these healthy older men and women. So there's actually tons of research on this. I just selected one that I found was interesting. And they supplemented this group with, um, all they did was they, they, they took this group and gave one group uh, DHA, DHA 1,500 milligrams per day and EPA 1,860 milligrams per day. So remember, DHA is predominant in the brain, but EPA is present in other tissues like muscles, you know, EPA is still important. So in this case, they did um, slightly more EPA supplementation. And without changing anything else, they didn't get them exercising more or anything like that. They had increased thigh muscle volume. So their muscle size increased, presumably because of less inflammation, allowing the muscle to recover from the inflammation. They had ink, and not only was the size of the muscle bigger, you would want to know, well, is that functionally relevant? Does that make me stronger? And the answer is yes. Hand grip strength was stronger and one repetition muscle strength. So doing one, like lifting a weight once, they were stronger compared to the people who did not receive that supplementation for six months. Fascinating, fascinating. So this is for general health maintenance. And now we're going to get into specific medical conditions. And this gets tricky because, um, you know, there's some general recommendations for health maintenance, like general, you know, there's, you should generally eat this amount, much food um, to get enough EPA, DHA or enough ALA to convert into those. Um, or there's some like, you know, a little bit of supplementation every day will be enough. However, when, once you develop a medical condition, uh, that changes the game a little bit because then it, your response to supplementation as a treatment for that medical condition. So there is research showing that omega-3 treats, like it helps decrease the um, diagnosis or, and in some cases, maybe even reverse it, right? But definitely improves it. Um, but it depends on how healthy were you to begin with? What was your nutritional status to begin with? Like, even sometimes it depends on, do you have enough B vitamins or were you really, really low in omega-3 versus somewhat low? So that, that depends. Like, so how well you respond to your supplementation of omega-3 will depend on that. Um, higher doses are needed once you have a medical condition. So you get into like massive doses of DHA and EPA in certain studies. And the, the, st the study duration has to be longer. You have to be on it for longer to see the effects. And there are certain considerations for each disease, okay? So the research that has shown that omega-3 
can be considered as a treatment, right, um, uh, for these conditions are in uh, allergy, eczema, asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis. Now, all of those are known inflammation-related diseases, so this should not be coming to you as a surprise anymore, right? Because we went through the explanation of how omega-3s decrease inflammation in the body. And the idea is that if you get into above the levels that you could possibly get with diet, you can get even more anti-inflammatory effects. So this is like a medical treatment. Now we're talking about supplementation. We are not talking about diet anymore. You cannot get enough from your diet to get the effects of treatment in these medical conditions, right? So we've covered the all of these inflammatory conditions. Now, did you know that depression actually improves also with omega-3s? There is an amount of brain inflammation with depression that when treated, the depression improves. So that's very fascinating. The research also shows improvement in mild early stages of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And there's benefits to prevent a second heart attack and death if you've had a first heart attack. It's called secondary prevention of heart attacks and death. So we've covered primary prevention. So if you've never had one, it, it, it prevents you, decreases your risk of getting a heart attack and dying from it. Um, and if you've had one already, then it also decreases the risk of you having another one and or dying from that. And I'll be going into what are the doses in a future episode because it, it really does get specific to each condition. And in summary, what we want to walk away from this is a few things. Plus, I'm going to I'm going to highlight a few important uh, factors that you, you may not have really paid attention to, and really deserves paying attention to is that omega three fatty acids are an essential building block of the body, and we need to get it from the diet or supplements or both in certain cases, particularly when we're talking about medical conditions that we want to treat. It can be very incredibly difficult for vegetarians and vegans to get enough from the diet because of that very low conversion of ALA to EPA and DHA that I mentioned before, right? So there are strategies actually to do this, and I will be teaching this to you in the next Wild Wisdom show. And even omnivores and pescatarians uh, in the US, so in North America, eating the standard American diet, uh, research has shown, remember at the very beginning, I showed you the study showing that we, many of us are not getting the minimum recommended intake, not even like the therapeutic intake, but like the minimum for health. So for that reason, in the next Wild Wisdom Show, I'm going to teach you how to get enough omega-3s from your diet, whether you are omnivore, you're eating fish or not, um, or if you're a vegetarian or vegan. I'm going to teach you how to hit those targets for general health maintenance. So you're doing it to, you know, get beautiful, better hair, better skin, um, better muscle mass, um, you know, improve the chances that over time you're not going to get uh, cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, heart attacks, all of those things. We're going to be talking about that. And then the Wild Wisdom Show after that, we're going to be talking about how to use supplements to get into those doses necessary for treating certain medical conditions, which was different, a totally different animal. So I hope you found this helpful and useful. If you like this, please save, share, and subscribe. Sharing is caring. If you're listening to this on a podcast, 
please go and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps other people find it and other people you know, access this knowledge so that they can also live their best life and their best health. And I wish you well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, your night, depending on when you catch this. And I will see you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe and please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. Thank you.